This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 453, holy cow, of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Horselovers.com and the Fairfield Inn North in Lexington, Kentucky. Anna Twinney stops by to teach us about the pros and cons of pole gentling. Anna Twinney stops by to teach us about the pros and cons of pole gentling. We take a look at why your horse is better than your ex. And Horselovers.com product review is a pair of tall boots that's going to be reviewed by my wife, Jennifer. We'll find out about those coming up on today's show. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the Stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hell, hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause it's time again for Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop This is Glenda Geek And this is Helena B And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show On the Horse Radio Network Well howdy Helena, I got exciting, exciting, exciting news for everybody Good, me too. I want to hear yours first. Okay, if you go to horseradionetwork.com slash cruise, horseradionetwork.com slash cruise, we have officially, as of Wednesday, posted all the details about the cruise, and rooms <gasps> are already being booked. Oh my God! Yes, yeah, so this is the this is the scoop. Um, we are sailing February 12th, 2018. We are on the Royal Caribbean Enchantment of the Seas, which is a ship that's approved for you because it's much smaller. It's like one of their smallest ships. Oh, good. Uh, out of Miami for four nights, uh, we are going to go to four, three different ports. Uh, day two is going to be Nassau, the Bahamas. There is, I managed to track down Happy Trails Stables that's in Nassau. It's one of the only trail riding places in that part of the Bahamas. Uh, okay. Now, the problem is <laughs> that they have only six horses so they take six out for rides on the beach at a time, and they can do two rounds in the time that we're going to be docked there. So they will come pick you up at the port and bring you back, and you can do trail riding on the beach in Nassau. Um, so, but there's Tell only me that link again, the URL. It's horseradionetwork.com slash cruise. Okay. So yeah, the that it's all listed on this page too, but it's going to be first come first serve on that short excursion to Happy Trail Stables because there's only twelve spots. Um, oh, it is a little ship. I like it. It's perfect for me. Yeah, well, you know, I know you weren't going to go in a bigger one. This is literally a quarter of the size of the one Jennifer and I are going on next month. It's a quarter of the size. Well, yeah. <laughs> but then it's feel- this is not meant. There's a ports every day, which is why they give you a smaller ship because you're only on the ship to sleep. It's like a hotel. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can stay on the ship during port, and a lot of people do, but we're going to some cool places like Nassau, Bahamas. There's a lot to do there. There's a lot to do there ocean wise. There's a lot to do there touring wise, and just a million shore excursions. Or you can just go explore yourself for free. Um, then they're stopping at Coco Cay in the Bahamas, which is Royal Caribbean's private island. All of these cruise lines have private islands, which means it's their own private beaches. You can get snorkeling, kayaking, boating, jet ski rentals, all kinds of cabanas, lounge chairs. You can hang around the beach all day and drink. They have in-water bars. It's their own private island. So that's we love it when they stop at those because you're not in with 20 other cruise lines, you know, uh, and port. So it's a little bit different and it's more of a casual laid back day. Okay. And then the last stop is in Key West. So the last ports in Key West, Denise, our guest wrangler, and Leslie from Horse Nation are leading the pub crawl through Key West. Oh, boy. All day. So there you go. You don't have to do that, but you are you have the option of joining them. Go Spartacus pub crawl through Key West on uh, the final day and then back to Miami. So that's the prices are all listed there. The, what 
with the group, we got a little lower rate, and the prices include usually when you book a cruise, your your there's your rate, and then there's gratuities which are extra, and then there's taxes and port fees which are extra. Our rate includes everything, so you pay that and you're on board. And of course, it includes all your food and entertainment. There's entertainment every night in the boat. Um, the casino, you know, it includes all of the amenities, uh, including three meals a day. And well, it's a cruise ship. You can eat anytime you want. Um, but it's Royal Caribbean, so it's a little nicer than than most of the cruise lines. It's the same one we're taking next week. We've appointed legacy listener Rhonda Crabtree as our, our HRN cruise director because <laughs> she's been on about 50 cruises and also knows everything there is to know about HRN. So she's going to be answering questions for people who it's their first time cruising and they're not sure how to do it. We have a lot of those. Um, that would be me. Well, and you know what? It's great to go your first time in a cruise with a, with a whole bunch, dozens of people you know, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that you have something in common with. There's a lot of husbands going to be along, and they're forming a little club already on the auditor page. So this is open to everybody, not just auditors. Uh, go to horseradionetwork.com slash cruise. We have a limited number of rooms, but we can extend it. We are going to be going to all our media partners. We're hoping to sell 100 cabins. I don't know if we'll get close to that, but if we could sell 100 cabins and have 200 people that are all horse lovers on the boat, and we all kind of know each other we 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 are doing a couple special things this is not there's been other cruises for horse people before but they've all been educational there's speakers all day long who wants to go on a cruise and sit in a in a meeting room all day right. i don't <laughs> so um there we are going to do this we're going to have a we're going to do a group hotel rate and meet up the night before sailing for anybody flying into miami early So we're going to do a get-together at hotel the night before, and then we're going to do a welcome meetup on board after, you know, right after we do, they they tell you how to use the, you have a mandatory instruction on how to use the lifeboats and all that stuff. Right Mm -hmm. after that, we're going to do a group meetup where we'll welcome everybody, and that'll be before dinner, so everybody get to know each other and say hi. And then we are going to do two activities, the pub crawl led by Leslie and Denise uh, at uh, when we hit port uh, down there in Key West. Plus, one of the other days, we're working this out, we're going to do a horsey game show with lots of prizes. So we're going to do an hour and a half of a newlywed game, The Price is Right, uh, and, and, and trivia, all kinds of games that people can win prizes. Wow. So that's something we're just doing ourselves on, on board. I don't care if there's 20 people or 100 people, we're going to play We're gonna play a horsey game show. It should be a lot of fun. Okay. Yep. And if you come along the cruise, you have to you have to be my co-host for the game show. Sure. So, <laughs> so that's it. That's the that's the whole. Is there story. a spa on board? Yes, there's a spa on board. Uh, yeah, it has all the things cruise ships have. It has uh, big pools. I've never been on a cruise. Oh, ship. did you? I don't know if you looked at the pictures of the atrium. I mean, it is just. It looks like a. I will. Roman I just found out about Coliseum. It. If you go to that website, you'll see a couple of the pictures uh, that that I posted there of the atrium and the pool on deck and uh, the, all different kinds. They have they have uh, shows every night. Uh, you know, this is something that it will keep you busy. People think there's nothing to do with a cruise ship. There's stuff to do every minute of every day on a cruise ship. Uh, but this one has a lot of ports of call. So for somebody that's new to it, it's a perfect opportunity. Wow. So that's it. That's our first annual Horse Lovers Cruise 2018. Head on over. Get your. You only need a $200 deposit to, to book your room. The rest, the, the, the travel agent will explain how that's all uh, due. We're using Michelle at MEI Travel. They run all the the big cruises for Disney's, uh, all the Disney cruises and stuff. So they're well-versed in doing group cruises. And uh, I have her contact information in there, her phone number. You just call her up, book your cruise, and and I'm going to call right after the show today, actually. All right. All right. Cool. So that's cool. all the details. Uh, we'll be posting more about it, and there'll be a link to it on the homepage of horseradionetwork.com and Stable Scoop and all the websites. But just go to horseradionetwork.com slash cruise and book your room. Join. It's going to be a lot of fun Hang out with horse people for four days. And it's winter. Who doesn't want to go to Florida? Now, you do have to pay your own airfare to get to Miami, but who doesn't want to go to Florida in the winter and be in the Bahamas? So... There you go. All right. Okay. Now, um, the other thing, what did you have to announce? Uh, I'm working on, well, remember our guest from uh, two weeks ago, I think it was, Tom Lewis of the Norfolk Hunt. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, well, we are working very, very hard to see if we can't get a route, a hunt route down here in oh, Rhode Island. You, you are working on it. We are working on it. Yes, we went down and we have permission from one landowner who happens to own a gorgeous uh, cow farm overlooking the Soconet River and the Atlantic Ocean. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, so now we have Helena's doing some So you're going to chase cows work. for a couple hours? Or what? Are you doing cow chasing or? Yeah. That would be kind of fun, actually. <laughs> <laughs> we tend to do that on foot around here when they when they don't respect their fencing. We do some cow chasing. Uh, we're not sure, but, you know, it's always a very scary thing when you approach a landowner yeah. and you ask them to allow 50 to 75 horses to go galloping across their land in one shot, you know? Yeah, I imagine so, the disclaimers and the releases are extensive. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. I um I learned a lot about I learned a lot about landowner relations this weekend, and so we're really excited. We we hope that we're gaining some traction down here, and we can put together yet another route for the Norfolk Hunt Club. So cross your fingers. Yay! Well, look we'll at give you, you the play by play. It's a little like it's a little reality TV, honestly, because you know, like. You can go you can go peeking around people's properties, but we're talking like huge tracks of well, huge for the northeast, you know, thirty to a hundred acre farms that are totally private with an ocean view. Um, figuring out who owns these properties takes a lot of of detective work. It's a good thing I know how to Google like nobody's business. <laughs> and these people, like they're really rich people, so Nobody has their own properties in their names. It's always like such and such Realty Holdings LLC. You know, they're all in these realty trusts. And so digging around to find out who the actual human being is behind these properties is, it's quite an undertaking. And then trying to find contact information because they don't usually have their phone number published. <laughs> so. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's what I've been focusing on in my spare time. Look at you go. And not only that, another announcement. I was just happening to flip through my podcast the other day, and my podcasts all just line up, and I just go, okay, listen or not listen. And then I came to, I came to a certain one called That Newport Show, and I started listening, and it wasn't That Newport Show at all. Nope. Nope. Surprise, surprise. We are subbing one episode every month with a new show. We're in the test phase. And the new show is called Around the Buoy. Yep, it's for Bodies. Which I still can't say. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and don't. <laughs> don't because we'll get into trouble again. <laughs> yeah, Around the Buoy. It's for Bodies. So I recruited this super great guy. Oh my gosh, love him to death. His name's Carter Richardson. He was really good. And he is, check this out, he's a boatwright. That's a person who builds boats or ships or yachts. And um, yachting is not the muckety-muck, uppity-up, super luxury yacht thing that you think it is. A little boat, a little sailboat, is often considered a yacht. And it's like a pony and a horse. I was wondering about that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like a pony and a horse, you know. Um, pretty much everything is an equine. Well, in boats, other than like those, those power boats that you take out fishing, you know, like Boston Whalers and stuff, pretty much everything is a yacht, especially if it's made of wood. And uh, so then from there, once, so that's why boating is often referred to as yachting or the yachting life. So Carter um, happens to be a boatwright and he went to this, um, this school, this international yacht restoration school. And basically what you learn there is how to build boats of wood by hand from scratch sailboats, classic cruising boats, little yachts. It's amazing. So we, the first episode talked about um, what it's like to build, build a yacht. It was very good. It was a very good episode. I was the whole thing. And I really like him. And you got a co-host named Carter. So that's kind of cool too. I know. I know. <laughs> and he's a boat guy. I mean, that's, it's got all the fixings right there. <laughs> so we compared notes. He was like, I said, the first time I went out ocean sailing, I got seasick. He's like, the first time I rode a horse, I got bucked off. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Perfect combination. No, I thought it was a, you, you two worked well together and, and it was a very interesting show. The guy from the, uh, from the school was really good too. So, uh, it was a good, I learned a lot. 
Yeah, and we're going to go to the gala this year and see Cool and the Gang. Ah, I I heard about Cool and the Gang. I'd go see Cool and the Gang. Dude, their galas, last year's gala, you ready for this? Okay, so you know how everybody has like a fundraiser, right? Yeah. And it raises so much money for their nonprofit or whatever. Their gala raised over a million dollars last year. <laughs> okay, that's a little different than the ones in the horse world. <laughs> can you believe that? Yes, I can. It's Newport. And they probably charge $5,000 a plate. I don't know. We'll have to find out what they charge. But uh, <laughs> cool in the gang. That's, you know, that'll work. Yeah, he was a very nice guy. I really enjoyed the guest there. That yeah. was good. And it, so you'll find that on that Newport show, on that feed? That Newport show, or you can go to sparkleandboom.com, which is where all of our podcasts are going to be living from now on. Oh, cool. All right, good. Yep. Either one. Well, before we get to our first guest, before we bring Anna on, I found this on Horse and Hound. And, you know, I don't think it's any secret that uh, Helena went through a, a breakup and a divorce a couple of years ago and now is happily remarried. And we've all had exes in our life, right? But I think that some of the women in the audience are going to relate to this Horse and Hound article I found called <laughs> The 12 Reasons Your Horse is Better Than Your Ex. Now, I think most of them would argue there's more than 12, but that's what they, that's what they went with. This was written by Gemma Redrup. Um, and I have to, every time I read a Horse and Hound article, I kind of have to, one, I have to close all the thousands of pop-up windows. Um, yeah. And two is I have to kind of correlate it to American because it's very British. But yeah, right, you want to hear? Let's see if you can relate to a few of these. Okay. Okay. Uh, the money you spend on your horse is now, uh, or is a hundred percent more justifiable than the money you spent on your ex. <laughs> so, yeah, that's probably true of all of us. I had a few exes. I had one very expensive ex. I had money before that ex and didn't have money after the ex. So that was before Jennifer. And of course, Jennifer always says, "Oh yeah, I got you when you didn't have any money when she spent it all." So that was. <laughs> A long time ago. How about number two? Your horse doesn't call you in an inebriated state at 3 a.m. telling you how much he loves you. Yes, he does. <laughs> yeah, he colics. That's what he does. So he doesn't call you, just colics, and you have to call the vet, and it ends up costing you a fortune. I don't know if I'm buying that one. I think I'd rather have the drunk I love you call than the expensive colic call. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Or your horses get out, and you hear them running around outside your bedroom window. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, you've or the had knock that on the front door, where yeah. nobody ever comes to your front door unless your horses are in the road. Uh, we've had that a few times. Mm -hmm. All right, number two is bogus. Uh, number three, you don't have to doll yourself up after riding your horse each evening prior to your boyfriend or girlfriend coming around for supper. Who does that? I don't know. <laughs> what, no horse girl I know. You know what? My equivalent of dolling myself up is pulling the hay out of my bra at night. <laughs> there you go. That one's <laughs> focused too. Okay, horse and hound. Uh, you don't have to cater your to your ex's high-protein diet anymore. The money you save on steak means you can now... Well, wait a minute. I think my horse has a more high-expensive high, uh, diet than I do. Yeah. My well, I, I, you know the price of hay down here in Florida, <laughs> I think. Yeah, our horses are eating pretty good down here. All that's right. true. I'm calling number that's four true. bogus, too. Uh, you, you no longer have to argue your case about how going to a dressage competition at the weekend is far more important than spending quality time with your ex. No argument there. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we can argue with that one. Uh, you finally, you can finally wash your horse's entire rug bandage collection in a washing machine at home without getting an earful. All right, you're not allowed to wash your outside crap in the house. That's just the way it is. That is a correct thing for a horse husband to be complaining about. Yes, and you know what? That's because it breaks everything. It clogs everything up. It does. Up. So I just sneak my stuff into the local laundromat. <laughs> Which you're not supposed to do any, either, but most of them. I uh, know. You just roll it up in a comforter. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's a good idea. And don't ever use the comforter on your <laughs> You know, bed. because you try and sneak it into the house washing machine. If your husband does wash at all, like I do a lot of the wash, you cannot get that hair out. It takes 12 washings to get that hair out. So I'm going to know. I, I'm gonna know. I you do most of the in. wash in my house, so I can sneak it in if I have to. And if I do sneak it in, it's usually, you know, what I usually wash in my washing machine is the fly sheet because it's got blood on it all the time, Ugh. right? From the horse, from the horse flies biting the horses, right? And um, in that case, the dirt is what's a problem. You know, all this from they yeah. roll in it in their summer fly sheets. 
Jennifer and has figured out now. Every once in a while a saddle pad, but not in the winter when their hair or you know when they're shedding. Jennifer has figured out now she if she does sneaks a load of wash into like that, she always runs it empty once. And oh, then good. it clear, clears <laughs> it out, a little bit of yeah, yeah. bleach and it run it empty, and then all of a sudden it, I, I don't notice. See. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. you can now go to that three-day event you were planning instead of using up valuable holiday time to go on a pointless, although far less exciting, mini vacation. Unless you're going on a cruise with us, and that's different. Right. Your horse doesn't judge you for spending five days camping in your horse box at a show. In fact, he thinks it's pretty cool, and you should do it more often. <laughs> <laughs> five days long time in a five trailer. days is a long time <laughs> a three-day weekend would be all right with me yeah it's a long time without a shower uh you don't have to meet your horse's parents before you commit to each other <laughs> that's a good one uh nor do you have to meet the questionable friends no but there is the thing called the pre-purchase exam <laughs> or if you're boarding the borders the yeah. other borders. you should you know we should vet each other out before you bring your horse into a stable oh i agree yeah, I we always did. We Jennifer would always go hang around for a while and see what's there. I'm, I'm going to start a match.com for horses and and stables. That's a good idea, actually, isn't it? Yeah, that's a good right. idea. Ask like, what's that one that asks you 55 questions? They have all the commercials with the guy sitting behind the desk. Uh, we ask you 55 questions to match you with the perfect. Uh, that one, you need that. You need 55 questions. I didn't even know that kind of thing existed. <laughs> It's there. They do commercials all the time. I can't remember the name of it. I don't watch enough TV. Honestly, I should watch more TV. I'm so out of it. Your points of compatibility. Um, your horse can never talk back. Bliss. Uh, I argue with that one too. That one's crap. <laughs> My horse talks back all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can't get. You can get your horse's testicles removed if he starts being naughty. Sadly, this service isn't available for your ex-boyfriends. It is on the DL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know I'm, a guy I'm who going knows on. A guy. That one makes me uncomfortable. Uh, your horse loves you just the way you are. Hay and hair, mud under the fingernails, and won't mention anything when your breeches appear to be getting a little tight. And that's the man I married. Yeah? He's just like my horse. Yeah? He doesn't mention he, your tight breeches? Only other than to say how cute they are. <laughs> I was going to say, mentioning tight breeches is a good thing. I don't mind it. Yeah, it depends. You know, that butt looks good in breeches. I'm going to mention it. You know, for Jennifer, <laughs> I probably wouldn't mention it for somebody breeches. else. But, you know, I do want to Boys just married. can't help themselves. You know what? I, I, there are a lot of boys out there. And I say boys because even in your 50s, <laughs> boys right. are boys. Yeah, I'm still 16. They just can't help themselves. Yeah, that doesn't change. They're wired <laughs> differently. Well, thank you to Horse and Hound. I think they got about half of those right. We'll give them half. Okay. We're going to head off to next. We're going to head over to one of our good friends, been on the show many times. She's a horse trainer. Uh, she's a horse gentler. She uh, has been around a long time. She's an animal communicator. We've had that conversation with her in the past. Her name is Anna Twinney, and she's coming on right after we hear from Fairfield Inn. Fairfield Inn and Suites North by Marriott Lexington is the ideal hotel for you as they are the closest hotel to the Kentucky Horse Park. They have the most spacious guest rooms and suites in the area, and they're only four miles from downtown Lexington. Fairfield Inn and Suites North offers complimentary breakfast, free Wi-Fi throughout the hotel, free parking, a business center, an indoor swimming pool and jacuzzi, an outdoor patio with grill, laundry facilities, and much more. You get hungry, Cracker Barrel is located right next door, and there are four other dining options available within walking distance for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Of course, Lexington is known for the Kentucky Horse Park, University of Kentucky, Keeneland, and the historical Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Enjoy a terrific hotel experience while you're touring Lexington. There's no denying that the Lexington North Fairfield Inn & Suites is the best value in town and will meet all your hospitality needs. Just Google Fairfield in North Lexington and make your reservations today. Well, Anna is back with us. It's so good to have you back again. Well, thank you for having me. It's, it's always interesting to see what you guys are up to and especially the growth of all the radio shows. And that just means that people are more and more interested, not only in the horse world, but also 
certain aspects of it, right? Including today's conversation. That's right. And we're going to have, you know, I was thinking about it the other day, and this has been a long time, a years now. We're, we're, we have a best of show coming up in May because we're going on vacation. And I'm going to put in the episode that you and I did about animal communication. Um, because it's been almost four years (laughs) since we did that. I know, Uh, but it was such a good episode and I think it was an important episode too. So I'm going to play that one in May. Uh, we'll replay that. I'd love that. Yep. I'd love that. We could do an episode on animal communication for the skeptics at some point. Well, that was me, pretty much. So, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we've covered that. Yeah, I think we covered that one. All right, now let's awesome. talk. Today we have listener request, and that's why we have you on. And it was funny, because Mary Kitzmiller hosts a show with us once a month on Horses in the Morning. And this conversation came up in our auditor room. Somebody asked about pole gentling. And yeah. they said, asked Mary about it. Mary said, talk to Anna. She'll know all about this topic. So uh, this, this comes from Mary to you is how this ended up. Um, oh, perfect. So now I don't even know what it is. So you better give us the 101. All right. The 101 allows us to go back a little bit. And, and it may go back 10, 20, 30 years. And for some, actually, the current time as to how we would approach how we would put a first touch on, how we would connect, communicate, gentle, and untouched, and untamed, a wild uh, horse or a Mustang. So anybody there that you look at, maybe the horse doesn't want to be caught or truly they are a Mustang or they're um, a Premarin foal or indeed a tribal foal, i.e. Native American horse. And all of these come under the pole gentling. So once upon a time, Many, and still today, would either rope the wild horse, it's a common practice to do that, either in a gentle, kind way, but on the sliding scale all the way up to roping till they choke them to unconsciousness. And then there's other practical ways to put horses in chutes. And that's a common gentling technique as well. So especially if you're teaching novices or people that are not familiar with untouched horses, you can put a horse in a chute, so it's like a squeeze chute, and contain them to put a first touch on and in a way desensitize stroke to flood them. So for me, it was all about the communication going at the speed of the horse and maybe on times pushing it just a little bit more but if there's time constraints but the pole comes in there it's one of multiple techniques that i use one would be classes advance and retreat so that's approach and release one is pole gentling i actually do water gentling as well in extreme cases but the pole gentling means that if the horse is loose So if they're in a 24 by 24 pen or if they were in a round pen, small paddock, picadaro, and there's no way to create a shoot, you're not familiar with roping or indeed these aren't the methods of choice, then the pole comes in. And it may be a bamboo pole. It may be a whip in effect, so a whip where you've got a little rubber handle. So anything that creates space between you and your horse. So that's the first piece. Now I can go on and explain why it's effective, but hopefully for those that are not understanding what it is, it gives you a vague picture to realize there's a huge amount of communication involved because we're not looking at driving the horses. They're not being chased in any shape or form. And I'm not an advocate of driving wild horses. I feel like they would run until they can run no more. I have experience in that. And so the pole also allows a form of desensitizing and space between Uh, the two, so less pressure. What are you doing with the pole? I don't think I'm quite grasping. Yeah. Yeah, so envision this. The pole could be in your left or right hand, just depends on what you want to do. There's a huge amount of body language. So you're approaching horse just like you would with advance and retreat. So finding the energetic bubble. The pole becomes an extension of your arm, but not in a familiar way where people are used to tapping the horse on the butt or indeed driving them. I'm not really looking for that. It's actually quite the contrary. A wild horse will flee to their run Or if you take away the flight, they will indeed fight. So they could strike or go and charge it or bite it. So what we're looking at at first would be movement around that wild horse to say, okay, can you accept movement when I move my shoulders? And you're communicating with teaching them to face up. So when they look at you, retreat. 
when they put the neck towards you, retreat. Now, what the pole allows you to do is create that space to say, okay, I'm finding it very difficult to get closer. So I cannot get within three, four feet because the bubble of that horse, that energetic bubble, so their spatial boundary is three to four feet. Well, that allows the pole to come in. And it truly is an extension of your arm to say, well, what if I put it here? May I put it here? And instead of having the full amount of the body, like the person's body, 150 pounds or 200 pounds of mass, you've literally got a smaller item creating space between you and your horse. This is one way to look at it. Let me stop you there for a second and and understand the situation. So this is when a young horse is too close to you or not allowing you to get close enough to use your body effectively. This is a horse that's never had human interaction. So the Premarin foals have only had negative human interaction. The Mustangs have only been chased ultimately by helicopters and either born in captivity or cowboys. So every first interaction has become complicated and unkind at best. And so the pole means we've got an untamed horse, an untouched horse, an abused horse, or, you know, wild horse, Mustang, etc. So it allows space between the two for the first touch. So if that horse wanted to to run away, they can. They can move around in the Picadaria or pen or round pen. They can move. But it's far less pressure if you've got a smaller pole and the mass, so the body of the person is a further distance away. Further this away. Okay, so, thing, yeah. so you're essentially, um, you're softening the correct the aid or the presence of the person I have, by, I have, is okay. this the same thing as i've seen them where they have this pole or it's on the end of a stiffer whip or whatever but they actually put a fake hand like a mickey mouse hand uh the little mickey mouse white glove hand and they'll use that to touch them for the first time so it's kind of that yeah. same concept yeah, so okay. let, let me elaborate on that. One is a pole, and so it could be the same size as a lunge whip if it bends a tad, but you can keep the stiffness within it. And the other one would be a hand that that actually we have two in reach out to horses, and it's a hand with a sleeve on it and a glove. Here's the thing. The, the horse will actually choose. So they're going to be fearful of both to a point, and you're hopefully desensitizing. Sometimes the pole is more effective because it's a greater distance, but sometimes it's less mass touching them, so they prefer the pole. They can indeed be more frightened of the extension of the arm, so the arm with the glove on the end. So you can literally pick and choose your tool to say, this one's effective here, and you'd never get the one with the glove because probably nine out of ten either don't need that or are more afraid of that than the human being because they can tell that there's no blood moving through that arm and it's exceedingly fake. So they could be more rigid and more concerned with that than they would the reality of the person approaching. So there is a degree of desensitizing involved with both where you may move around the pen, sit with the horse and share space share the food, i.e. you're sat there when they're eating so they get really comfortable with your presence. There's many stages, in my opinion, leading up to this. So this isn't about just grab a stick and then wave it around. You could create a huge issue where the horse is jumping through the pen, trying to escape from you. They, 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 I mean, best case scenario, they're settling. Worst case, they're going to do severe damage to you or themselves. So there has to be a skill level involved with the pole gentling in order to support them. See, if you put them in a chute, they can't move their feet. With a pole, they can. So you could be training them to run away from you if you're not good with this. So the pole also allows you to direct the feet. And you could put it way ahead like in your right hand, if the horse is facing right, pole's in the right hand, you can begin to direct the feet with the pole. So block them, stop them, turn them around, block them, stop them. And what we're looking for is a slowing down of the feet versus a picking up of the feet and speed. And the pole can actually direct the feet in a far more subtle gentle and kind way than maybe the body even because of course following the hand comes an arm and then a body but if you have the pole it creates further space so less pressure between the two what other kinds of tools are out there that people have used um that would compete with the pole and then why do you think the pole is better than than those other tools all right so the other tool could be a true whip like we see people using and I'd be mindful of that and careful of it because there's a time to use something because the horses have never experienced it so it's first impressions 
if you're looking to create the fear in it, that's incorrect. And that could be an implied intent of picking up a whip. If, if for example, an adopted Mustang has had somebody that is not comfortable or experienced gentling Mustangs pick up a whip, there's going to be fear surrounding it and it's a learnt behavior pattern and so if that horse is coming in as a remedial horse who's never been touched the whip may not be great for the fact that there's fear and it's fear induced so you know first impressions isn't okay i'm going to desensitize you to that and change your mind and change the way you're thinking change your experience no let's pick up something else i also think with the rope there's going to be the time of throwing that rope, doing the lasso, and there's a high amount of adrenaline involved with that. And you're, cap- you're capturing them. So no matter what people say, you're capturing them. So you've taken away the voice and the choice. So yes, you can get them to face up sooner, and you're going to be putting the rope, even if it's loosely around the neck, so there is a place for it. But at the same time, you've taken away their freedom. The pole is not taking away the freedom. Now, I'm going to, arguably, people are going to go, well, you've got them in a round pen or a pen. Let's start with the fact that all things considered and all things equal, we're coming in on equal terms in that round pen. Of course, that horse didn't I would argue that, that you're coming in on not equal terms because they could kick your face in much easier than you're going to kick theirs in. So, uh, it's well, not but really But they're a equal. flight animal. Right. Yeah, well, they're a prey species. So, so the equality I mean by that is they're captured. They don't have a choice to be free. So let's come in equal, meaning right. I'm not going to gotcha. hurt you. That's my promise to you. You're not going to hurt me. That's, that's our joint promise. Um, and I'm going to push you maybe and magnify your purpose so you learn coping skills. I'm going to do that, but I'm never going to ask them something they cannot achieve. That's the thing. So the difference between the pole and the rope would be you've already stepped over that mark. You've controlled the feet, you've taken away the liberty, and you've already made yourself the leader and the one in charge. The pole, it's skill-based. I understand that. It's yeah. skill-based. Well, I think all yeah. of this is skill-based pretty much, too, yeah. if you think about it. Okay, okay. Let me qualify skill. I mean, skill on communication, meaning we're looking at energy, we're looking at the way we interact, and the skill is you don't have a rope to pull them to you, you don't have a rope to keep them off of you, so that would mean it's skill-based on asking them to volunteer and also acknowledging the try without having taken away the liberty. That's what I'm talking yeah. about today. Uh, it's very interesting that you're on today because I was at Road to the Horse a couple of weeks ago, and it was all, it was all yeah. female trainers for the first time this year. And three of the four were, cow, were cowgirls. Um, who were yeah. used to working actually ranches. And they all used a rope in some way, shape, or form when they were doing the initial, the initial contact. One was yeah. Vic, Vicky Wilson out of New Zealand who didn't know how to do a lasso if her life depended on it because she's an English rider and trainer. <laughs> she had trained Mustangs and wild horses in Australia and New Zealand before, but it didn't have any of the skills of cowgirl. She, she was the first one ever okay. to use an English saddle. She did what you're talking about. She used kind of a lunge whip, but she did okay. what you're talking about with pole gentling. That's how she accomplished the goal, which was different than the other. She ended up winning, by the way, um, and and and, yeah. and uh, amazingly, by the way, uh, it was just amazing yeah. to watch her. But she did more your this method than the, the others used ropes because there's such a short period of time they were trying to move things along. But it was interesting to watch that difference. And precisely that. The other one's going to move it along because you've taken the horse's liberty. So you, you've advanced forward. The pole, although that horse still is going to be directed by the pole and you can stop them and shut them down and ask for forward motion, you can actually begin to teach them cues to go with the forward, with the stop, with the slow. So there's an integration of body language, but there's also the cues. There's more of a voice. So for me, that's a higher higher stroke different skill level because I'm all about giving a voice to the voiceless and giving a choice. See, I want the horse to want to be with me. And although we're pressing it by putting them in a round pen or, or we're under pressure because of the time pressure, there's still the acknowledgement of the try versus holding them in a certain space. So it's awesome. And, I, and I'll tell you what, the, I did not learn pole gentling from anybody. It was original. I had to find my own way gentling Mustangs doing that. That was not something that was common in the 1990s. And so as a female in the industry, one, I, I 
I'm not fond of the shoots. But two, um, it was a matter of how do you really direct them? How do you communicate with them? How do you connect with them? And yes, if we've got all the time in the world, this could take a week or a month or longer, you know, a year. But we don't always have all the time in the world. I have seven days to gentle the Mustangs. And either they're going to get adopted or they return to where they came from. Some cases, the BLM and the holding pens. And some cases, that might be the tribe, etc. So if I can get them adopted So you're kind of doing a road to the horse every time, in a way. Yeah, yeah, you know, except we have seven days because right. I'm teaching other students to do it. So we, we won't just have an hour or two. We have multiple hours for seven days. And the, out of 10 horses, if you look at it like this, out of 10 horses, maybe eight will get halters on and two won't because they're simply not ready. Well, Anna, you would have loved this too. Yeah. Um, I actually thought about you. We were doing the coverage from there, doing the the play-by-play for the weekend and i i thought about you because uh because of because of vicky wilson being down there it was so it was so different to watch her uh one of the she's also a grand prix high highest level in new zealand show jumper and she loves doing chiropractic with her horses and she an hour into day one of training of this untouched uh, uh untouched quarter horse was giving this horse a treatment on its neck and you should have seen the horse relax after she was done the horse one let her go. do it <laughs> that was one thing but then he just he just softened immensely right after that and it was a whole different horse it was the first time that had ever been seen at a competition like that. And, you know, it took her a little bit of guts to to, to yeah. attempt it. But this horse complied and went with it and said, okay, I trust you at this point. And the horse was just a, it was just a more relaxed horse after. Uh, and she said later, she said, I saw the horse had an issue and I addressed the issue. And then we, we, we got over that. That wasn't an issue anymore. I, I applaud her. I applaud her because she's under pressure, and that shows you that she's not being um, compromised by the event, but in, in fact staying in her integrity. It's huge because you take away the pain of the horse, the association's going to be a fond association. So you, you really don't want to start horses under saddle until they've been assessed by the chiropractor because you cannot put pain with pain, i.e. a saddle on the horse and a rider. If they're in pain, they're going to have to respond. But if you've eliminated the pain, now they're purely dealing with the psychological, emotional, mental, psychological effect. So she did that. She took the pain away. She put the saddle on. There's going to be a fond association and no pain associated with colt starting. It's a huge aspect of it. Very cool. Where can people? I know you have some DVDs and things. Where can people? Do you have DVDs one on this topic? And I do. Okay. Where can they find those? So two th- two things on it. They can find it on the Reach Out to Horses website, and it's called Whispers from the Wild Ones in support of our wild horses here, and it shows how to gentle through advance and retreat through pole gentling, through water gentling, etc. So it's a really cool wild horse DVD. What I'd like to say to you, if we have any nonprofits listening, uh, we are giving that DVD away to nonprofits. We have X amount still available to nonprofits, hmm. and it's our gift. And I, I spend a lot of time sending it out to holding facilities, to the BLM, to nonprofits, etc., in support of the Mustangs. So that's our way of gifting it forward and to help people in nonprofit situations. In addition, we have a Foles in Training DVD, which is geared towards weanlings. And it will have, oh, again, it's a fly-on-the-wall DVD with five untouched foals, Premarins, actually. And it may show more of the advance and retreat versus, I think there's only one with a little bit of pole gentling. And Helena touched upon it, like safety. And that would be the only other aspect we haven't addressed, which is if I've got somebody a little bit more dangerous or if they've had a bad experience with a human, they may get into that fight response. And for me, taking that pole in, I would never use it inappropriately. But what it can do is you could just lift it up. So if you were charged or if all, for example, they see the first touch as unpleasant, that they it's more than a fly, they can't get rid of it, they want to bite it, they actually bite the pole versus your hand. Um, if they, you know, get aggressive because they feel it's too much and not everybody can work at the speed of the horse, it's not always possible, 
then they can actually take out their emotion on the stick more. Not that you'd ever touch them inappropriately, hit them, smack them, nothing. It's purely there as a shield. And then that allows you to think about your next move, adjust what you're doing, slow down, desensitize, etc. And there's a little bit on the Fold in Training DVD on that with a little fellow called, um, I think he was named Guinness, and he was a little tricky with the first touch and he wanted to bite it to go, what is that? Get that off me. And the pole can be very helpful for that. So you don't have to take the bite with the cart. You actually have something else that can be effective with it. So Guin- for me, Guinness will do many, that to people, reasons. Anna. Guinness will do that. To- <laughs> <laughs> it, will, it will bite you. Yeah, bite right. you in the butt. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Anna. So yes. Well, yeah, and, and it's all at reachouttohorses.com. And then also, I, before we run out of time here, I wanted to mention you're, going, you're traveling a lot here coming up. You're heading out for a uh, clinic. You're heading up to Washington State and then to Co- am, Colorado. Yeah. And then I see, I see in May you're going to be in the U.K. and then back to Colorado. Yeah. You're all over the place. I'm all over the place, and for those that have either found a roadblock or are interested in this, we're doing the Fold Gentling in Oregon with the Warm Springs Tribal Falls, and so there will be all of what we've talked about in August, first week of August, and then we're going to be in California in Shingletown at the Wild Horse Sanctuary Gentling Untouched Mustangs. Um, also in August 14th to the 20th. So this is geared towards anybody that wants the adventure, anybody that has foals or wild horses at home, anybody that wants to expand on their horsemanship skills. These two courses, they're seven-day courses. They're, they're very intensive. They're amazing. And we watch wild horses. We learn, we learn about nutrition, learn about a little bit of healing, different styles, different approaches. And so it's a fantastic opportunity for people to attend and learn more. Sounds terrific. Well, thanks, Anna, once again yeah. for joining us. Reach out to horses.com. Always learn something you, from Anna. Guys. Thanks. All right. I so appreciate you having me. Thank you both. Up next, my favorite segment of the Stable Scoop Show. It's the Tack and Habit segment, sponsored by Horselovers.com. And this week, we have a product that's going to be reviewed by my favorite person in the whole wide world, Coach Jen. Hi, Coach Jen. Me too, I don't by know, the favorite, way. Per- favorite person in the whole wide world. That's a lot of pressure. Me too. Oh, no, it's easy. <laughs> it's easy. You got it. You got it. Well, you're okay. Let's put it this way. You're one of my top four. Well, that's better anyway. That's better. Thank you. Okay. And you guys rotate depending on, <laughs> depending on how often I depending talk to you. Depending on how I pick on her. That <laughs> and day. how clean your room is. <laughs> so you you have some new tall boots that you're going to review. I desperately need a new pair of tall boots, so I'm going to live vicariously through your review. What do you got? Okay. I got the Dublin Hollywell field boots. Um, we're not sure if it's Hollywell or Hollywell, but it's spelled holy well like holy well i feel like <laughs> i feel like robin every time i say that <laughs> holy well batman <laughs> and and that's actually that's actually what i said when i got them and they fit the first try because you know how it is when you try you know buying tall boots through no the mail a little dicey yeah because they got the foot the width the calf i mean so much can go wrong with tall boots so much can go wrong. yeah there's yeah. a lot of options there um but I measured twice okay. and wrote it down. And also I felt reasonably confident of the foot size because I've been wearing Dublin paddock shoes for years okay. and, love, and love them. So I felt pretty confident about what foot size I, I would wear. Um, so I measured very carefully with breeches on, like they tell you to on the uh, website. And okay. I checked and triple checked the size chart and I ordered them and, they are exactly the size they said they'd be. <laughs> well, they do offer a lot of combinations. So in every yes. foot size, you can get slim, regular, wide, tall type of thing, regular. So they're, I'm, I'm glad that you got a good fit. <laughs> they're, first of all, they're fancy because they have that, that trendy new Spanish top line, right? Yeah, they have the, they're much higher on the outside of your 
calf than on the inside. Which, and they, yep. And they have the little tab, and the tab is sewn down. Thank you very much. So it doesn't flap. That drives me crazy. Um, but they they put a little tiny gusset on the inside of the boot, where but you can't see on the outside of the boot. So that tall Spanish top doesn't stick out. It used to stick out so far you could like tuck your gloves into the top of your boot all the time. Yeah, which wasn't any good. Um, but they they put that little gusset in there so it it stays close to your leg, which was nice. Okay. Um, you know, for a pair of boots that cost less, considerably less than $250, only $219.99, very nice fit. Uh, the first time I wore them, we went out for a ride at the horse park, and we were out there. I put them on. We drove over. We did all of our thing. We rode for about two hours, warm home, in complete and utter comfort. So I was really surprised at how easily they broke in for such an inexpensive pair of boots. I really expected them to be kind of hard and crunchy and uncomfortable. They were yeah. whining free, Helena. No they whining were, were at whining all. Free. Nope. <laughs> so there, the zipper is in the back, I presume? Zipper is in the back. Uh, okay. it, it feels like a nice sturdy zipper and it goes all the way to the, to the heel. It doesn't stop. Uh, it doesn't stop at your Achilles tendon like some oh, of them do. Oh, thank God. Yeah. So you can slip your foot in horizontally instead of having to point your toe down like a ballerina. Yes, it goes all the way down, and it has the spur rest on either side of the zipper. Okay. Uh, so you can, still, you can still have a spur rest there, which I appreciate. I like having a spur rest. And um, do I see a zipper pull? There is a substantial zipper pull, so it's easy to get up. Okay. And then it's got two little snap flappers, one at the heel and one at the very top. So the one at the heel keeps the zipper clean so it doesn't get full of gunk. Okay. Like on your horse gunk. And then the one at the top has a little cover on it so that the zipper pull cannot accidentally poke up and poke your saddle and put scratches all over it. Oh, good. Yes. Okay. That was a little bit tricky because they've, it used to be when you had the cover at the top, it's just a little piece of leather that snaps over top. It was just mm -hmm. a little piece of leather. Well, now they have a little, it's almost like a buttonhole that you stuff the tab through and then close it. So not only can the tab not scratch your saddle, it will... Um, discourage the tab accidentally sliding down if your boots are a really snug fit, which you know how zippers are. If they're tension at the top, they want to yes. pop open. Yep. So if you're, if they're really tight at the top, they might want to do that and that could discourage it. But that was a little bit of a pretzel act to get that done. Yeah. Mm. I think what I'm inclined to just not bother using the little, I'll just close it and forget the little buttonhole thing. I don't care. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anything that has to be fit inside, anything that can't be totally strong, strong armed, exactly. <laughs> can't pound it to make it work, just doesn't. If you have to yeah. use finesse, forget about it. Yeah. Maybe somebody younger and more flexible wouldn't have any trouble with it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, um, what is this? What's this? I, I see that there's some kind of stretchy panel in there. How there is work? an elastic on either side of the zipper that you really can't even see because the I don't know what you call that. The little flaps that cover up your zipper. I don't know what you call that. Um, you you really can't even see it. But if you look on the inside of the boot and peer carefully, there's a little tiny bit of elastic the entire length of the zipper. Okay. Uh, which is perfect because you want them to fit really snug on your calf, but it gives your calf the ability to breathe a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they did something interesting, which since you were talking about thinking about getting a new pair of boots, whether you wanted to get what you wanted to get to do dressage and things like this. The inside aspect of the boots, where it lies against your horse, is um, full grain, doubled leather, but the outside is single grain. So the, it's nice and soft, but the inside edge is not going to wear out uber fast. If it makes sense. You Amen. Buy really, no, you buy really expensive boots. They're super glove soft and you love them. But if you ride a lot, that inside calf wears out in a hurry. Yeah, but they, they, that part is a, th uh, two layers of leather with, which have been somehow or another bonded. Uh, so it's going to, it's, it's sturdy. It's not going to wear out. You're not going to get a rub mark. You're not going to get a wrinkle, which I have had happen with really expensive thin boots, which are gorgeous, but I've had that happen where the, the inside of the boot, where your calf touches the, the flap of the saddle and you have that pinch, that pinch point where you're stirrup leather is i've had boots yeah. that will get a wrinkle there because the leather is so thin and these aren't going to do that yeah now what about the the soles see i'm always really 
the soles are important to me and I want them to be thin, but not papery thin where they're not substantial. What are these like? And I like a little grip on the bottom, honestly. They are a modern rubber type sole, like you would see on a modern boot. They're not the old fashioned leather ones. They're not slippery at all. Okay. But they don't come up and wrap around the boot like an Ariat sole does. Oh, oh okay. Like they're stitched onto the bottom. I don't think it's stitching. I think it's bonded on there. But it looks like a stitched sole, even though it is, it's the rubber. Yep. Um, and they're a soft enough rubber that you walk on concrete. You don't go click, 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 which I appreciate. Uh, I hate to sound like a horse when I walk across the concrete. <laughs> um, and they have the, all of the Dublin boots are made with the stirrup. They have a, a rigid inside to the, the sole so that your, it gives your foot support. Mm-hmm. So you don't wear Cause like when you wear sneakers to ride in, shame on us, the sneaker is completely soft on the bottom. So it really doesn't give the arch of your foot any support. Your feet get tired really fast. Yeah. Um, Unlike really inexpensive cheap boots that don't have that, they have that stability system in them to help uh, reduce fatigue in your foot, which was nice. And what about um, firmness or flexibility in the ankle? My ankles tend to get fatigued um, if my boot's too too stiff down there. Even when it is fully broken in, you know how sometimes they can break in with a, with a certain amount of thickness at the ankle? Yep. Yep. That can really just tire me out quickly. <laughs> I would say these are soft and flexible as I would expect a pair of field modern field boots to be. They don't have a clunky stove pipe kind of a feel like a dress, a dress boot typically would. Yep. Um, they're cause the leather around the ankle is not that double thickness. So I was very pleased with how flexible they felt. Now there's a zipper there, which requires some amount, extra amount of material to create that, sturdy zipper so it's going to be a little bit stiffer probably than a boot that you're going to pay 600 or 900 dollars for um but i i was i was pleased with it i wasn't going oh can't walk in these anymore gonna get blisters on my feet yeah Uh, which i have had you know i've had happen i could i spent a half a day in them and was pretty comfortable now if the the better the boot fits your foot the less likely that's going to happen you know that's, that's yep. as much a, a thing of fit. So that part I liked. The one thing I de- I would change if I was to change anything on these boots, they come with the elastic laces, which is all the rage now. So you don't have to ever lace them up or tie them. Uh, I will probably replace that with real laces because that's the way I am. Okay. <laughs> and I would, I would probably add one more pair of eyelets towards the center because at the center they they notch out a little tiny v in the front okay um, so that when you put your heel down when you ride that v can close and reduce the chances of something rubbing on the front of your ankle make sense yeah but the the eye loops are far far enough apart that there's a little tiny gap there probably about the size you could put a pencil into which just makes me a little crazy (laughs) <laughs> I know that gap. One more, one more eye loop would have changed that. Uh, I know that gap it makes does. me crazy too. <laughs> uh. Well, good. If, you know, for two hundred dollar boots, I will say this: they don't look like two hundred dollar boots. On no, they actually very nice look finish. Much very like nice finish. Four hundred dollar boots. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wouldn't say they look like eight hundred dollar boots, but they definitely look like four to five hundred dollar boots. On, I couldn't tell the difference. And I've tried a lot of boots on women over the years from having the tack shop. That was my job, trying boots on women. And believe me, that is not a fun job. Uh, so, uh, but that's it. Dublin Ladies Hollywell Tall Field Boots. You can find them at horselovers.com for one ninety nine ninety five. There's a million sizes. Do what Jennifer did. Check the size chart. Make sure you order correctly off the size chart. And uh, you might be pretty accurate. Uh, but she, I know she's very happy with them. We rode for a couple hours. She came back and wasn't complaining. So there you go. What more could you want? Excellent. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Jen. You're welcome. Coach Jen, host of Horse Tip Daily. Head on over to horsetipdaily.com to find all 1,600 tips over there at horsetipdaily.com. Thanks, Jen. Well, as I said, go to horselovers.com for all of your shopping needs. That's it for this week. Uh, We're done. I have to get out of here. I'm going to a a podcasting meeting down in Tampa, so I have a two-hour drive ahead of me. Thank you so much, Helena, for joining in. Appreciate it. 
It's a pleasure, as always. Sparkleandboom.com. That Newportshow.com. One of those. You can find uh, Helena's other shows. Take a listen yeah. and learn all about boat building in the latest episode. And that's it for this week. Let's just go. Oh, my gosh. That was a lot. Don't forget to come back next week because there will be more. Until then, happy scooping.